listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the great state of Oklahoma, where I am happy that you get a dentist appointment, and you get a dentist appointment, and you get a dentist appointment. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma. Where summer is over, question mark. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Uh, so like you move to a new place, right? You, you got to find it. You got to find a local gangster. I mean, doctor uh, to take care of your family. And I think that comes up quicker because you get kids that are in school and, you know, they get sick. You know, you get a kid with a cold. You need this. You need that. But uh, the dentist... It's a little further off, you know, it's a little less obvious. You got to find a dentist for everybody. And sure enough, found a dentist, uh, just kind of a God thing. He was at a birthday party we were at and my son had a toothache and he was like, Hey, I'm a dentist. I can help. Which is really cool of him. Uh, he's a super cool guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, turns out son has cavities, had to do a bunch of uh, work and he's six years old. So I feel like a total negligent parent. Uh, definitely going to be, we're no longer going to kind of trust that there was teeth brushing done. We're going to have to kind of do our own because you can't really inspect children's teeth, right? Like you just, you just got to kind of follow up the teeth brushing with your own teeth, like brush their teeth themselves. But uh, on a conspiratorial level, I'd love to get the focus off of me because truly I feel like a, a huge jerk. Like I have failed him. Um, but I, I was talking to the dentist and just talked to you a little bit before the show it feels like there's more pediatric dentists out there. And I don't feel like kids like got cavities like crazy in their baby teeth when we were young, but I don't know, maybe it's the sugar intake or, or what, but uh, you know, the, I think the fault clearly lies with me, but there is also a trend. So, you know, I'll take 95% of the blame, uh, but it does, you know, do you remember pediatric dentists, the kids getting fillings in their, in their baby teeth when you were young? I don't remember ever hearing about that sort of thing. Well, I was in a fairly, fairly small town. So there was just like the dentist, right? Like yeah. So the, you wouldn't even, yeah. It was the same. 
Same guy. Same for adults and kids, but yeah. I, I was the same, right? Like we just go to the dentist. I remember him specifically. So anyway, I just, I've talked to other parents like, oh yeah, we had the same issue. You know, we go in and, and the dentist kind of explained to me, he's like, look, it, what, what happens is, you know, these kids, their immune system's really good. They get a cavity. It's bad. But their immune system just kind of keeps fighting off infection, like for the longest. And then one day, it just can't do it anymore. They develop like an abscess and then there's like an excruciating pain. And you're like, oh, do you have a sore tooth? Let's take a look. And you like look at it and it's like, you know, it has this humongous cavity that they've never even noticed. Like you'd think they'd have tooth sensitivity or some sort of pain earlier in. No, just out of nowhere and then bang, it comes. So hmm. uh, not... Zero out of ten would not recommend. I would pay a lot of money to have switched uh, places with my son this morning. That was uh, not a cool experience. Do not recommend. So everybody out there, if you got little kids, be brushing their teeth. You know, we got a little, we got some Sonicares with some little baby heads. You know, because you got, I got a, a three-year-old daughter. It's not like you can shove a real toothbrush in there. You got to really get the small ones and get in there, but. I don't know. Maybe it's the water. Maybe it's something to do with the water. Maybe it just, I don't know. It's uh, there's definitely a trend, but I also, uh, yeah, not, not an awesome day on my end. A little tired. I think it was a tougher morning than I had anticipated. I'm like, Oh sure. I'll take him to the dentist. And you know, it was uh, just a little tough, just a little tough. So yeah. I've I, I texted the dentist We and I did, it is kind of a God thing. We were praying about having it, finding a dentist. And we met him at a, at a, at a party, a birthday party for uh, our, uh, my my daughter's friend, and uh, he immediately started helping us. So I, I have his phone number. We text each other. I texted him after, like, "Hey, man, sorry about you know <laughs> getting all freak, you know, just stressed out." He's like, "Oh, you're being a good dad." And it's just it's tough. It's a tough deal. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yes, um, summer's over, kind of. So I remember as a kid, uh, specifically these days, uh, and I think we're going to experience some, especially in the next week. I remember waking up and walking to school because we were only like three, four blocks away and it would be like 40, 50 degrees. You would clearly need a coat, right? But then by the time I came home, it would be like 70 degrees. (laughs) Right. So you don't need a coat and you probably shouldn't even have a sweatshirt on. So I remember it being extremely important to layer up during the, the you know the month of October as a kid, because fall comes quick. Yeah, it's you know out of the couple inches of rain today, little little storm. So there you go, Will. There's your uh, Oklahoma weather talk. Yeah. Today. A lot of people are asking for more weather talk, more Oklahoma talk. This is what they want. Yeah, this is it's truly what they want. Yeah, sorry to sorry for the personal story about uh, my horrible morning, guys. Let's let's get right into Oklahoma weather and news. <laughs> oh man! Well, I've I've actually got a bunch of. I had a little more time uh, than as has been normal, and I don't know that I did. That I used it wisely, but I did get some clips. Well, I mean, if you got clips, let's go. I mean, there there does seem to be quite a bit going on. I think the big news of the day is, uh, uh, you know, Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map. You know, he was a relatively unknown person until she 
put him on the map. Oh, so I, who's this Travis Kelsey <laughs> you're talking about? Have you? Did we talk about this last week? Or have you seen these videos? Oh no, we we talked about we talked about it, and we griped about uh, Travis Kelsey in the Pfizer commercial. No, I understand that, but do we talk, specifically talk about the the trend? I, I totally forget. So if, if I'm, please let me know if you remember. But the trend of of women like they're so they're they're kind of like discreetly filming their husband and saying, "Oh my gosh, it's so cool that Taylor put this unknown guy on." You know, nobody knew who he was, and now that she's dating him, everybody knows who he is. <laughs> it's cool that she put him on the map. And <laughs> if he did, we not talk about that. No, we didn't talk about that part of it. Yeah, so it's it's mildly funny. It, some of them are funnier than others, but like. It just it's just awesome to watch like dudes heads explode they're like what are you saying she's like well nobody even knew who you know the, any of these wives are like nobody even knew who travis kelsey was until you know she's you know until taylor swift went to that football game and she really put him on the map and they're like these guys are like e- everybody knows who that like everyone knows who that is and it's like well i didn't know who it was, was like but that's just you that doesn't have anything to do with like <laughs> And it's funny because he is like a, a dude that every guy in the country knows his name, knows how you know good he is and, and what he does, what TV plays for, et cetera, et cetera. And now suddenly every girl knows because he's dating Taylor Swift. And so for them to make a, it, it is, I don't know. I thought it was a creative TikTok trend to just like make your husband's head explode. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we talk, we didn't talk about that, but we did talk about the fact that uh, the the whole Pfizer commercial can't be going over too well in the locker room, and we haven't heard from Chiefs locker room yet. Uh, but opposing players, in particular Aaron Rodgers, uh, have definitely noticed the Pfizer commercial. So I've got an Aaron Rodgers clip here, very short clip, talking about uh, their game against the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. Didn't have a crazy game, and uh, you know, Mr. Pfizer, we kind of shut him down a little bit. He didn't have, you know, his like crazy impact game. Obviously, he had you know some yards and stuff, but I felt like for the most part, you know, we played really tough on defense, especially the last three quarters. And I mean, Mr. He, Pfizer, he's been gone for well since the first. I mean, he has not not gone, but he's out of the NFL with his injury since the first week, but. I already miss him. I wish he was out there. I mean, at least he's able to now commentate on things. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch because he controlled them as much as he wants because he can back it up as being one of the greatest players in NFL history, having like the highest Wonderlick intelligence score ever and telling the Packers, I ain't getting a shot. So I don't know. He's a. Uh, an interesting guy, that's for sure. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> I just like that. I like the fact that he says Mr. Pfizer and everyone knows who he's talking about. Pat McAfee <laughs> just starts laughing. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, former former punter. Who does he work for now? Cuz I thought he was doing his own podcast. It might be ESPN or NFL Network, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, but I, I don't know which one. But uh, anyway, I know he was going to have to clean up the 
clean up his act a little bit for the corporate thing, but I don't know if he can get away with Pfizer jokes, but it, I guess, you know, it's not really his fault. He didn't make the Mr. Pfizer joke. It's no. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's like it's like me doing a podcast and you making a joke. It's not my not my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you're not the crazy flat earther. That's Andrew. That's his deal. <laughs> So I might as well play the Greg Reese clip. It was a good one. All right. Talking about the uh, the new Nobel Prize winners. Nobody bads ever won a Nobel Prize after all. Nobel Prize uh, stock sliding quickly. Stock in the, <laughs> stock in the Nobel Prize definitely yeah, has go. not really ever recovered from well, the 2008 Nobel had, Prize. Had you heard of these two people? No. So it's like, did you see the interview where they're like, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was fake. I thought it was an anti-vaxxer pranking us. Those clips are in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, (laughs) but the spoiler um, alert, (laughs) spoiler alert, but I didn't recognize them. No, you know, know. it's like, this is just kind of the narrative made up after the fact, like, Oh, these are the people. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Wasn't that Malone guy. He had nothing to do with it. I was going to say they couldn't bring on Robert Malone and be like, so you're going to get the Nobel Prize. Like, okay, great. Thank and and he basically said, like, yeah, I know I was giving up a Nobel Prize to to do it. And I, I think he was. I think that part, you know, whatever else you want to say about him. By choosing to speak out against it, he did give up the the awards of the establishment there. For sure. And the and the golden parachute and the, the patents and the, the money that would come as a result. But I mean, you ever, uh, you ever, you ever, you ever wonder what the result of the receiving of money that's that corrupt and dirty is, you know what I mean? Like that's Uh, not, not, not good for the soul. Can't be, can't be. This reminds me of revelation trading. You know, those of you who traded in the souls of men. Yeah. Freedom of Information Act results have shown that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists knew that the mRNA injections were commonly fatal to babies in the womb. And $11 million was spent to bribe OBGYNs to lie to pregnant women about the safety of the injections and convince them to get the shot. U.S. nursing home data clearly shows that the mRNA shots were killing the elderly. The mRNA shots are now causing cancer. The CDC admits at least 118,000 children have died suddenly in the USA since the rollout of the mRNA COVID vaccines. The actual count is likely much higher, and that was reported a year ago. Nothing has really changed. The historical mass murder continues, and the perpetrators remain free, pushing for round two and winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Their discovery led to a monumental medical breakthrough, but even they were surprised when they learned today they're receiving one of the world's most prestigious awards. The Nobel Prize in Medicine, the last thing a pair of scientists expected when the phone rang at 3.40 this morning. 
my husband picked up and he was talking to somebody and then he just handed over and said, this is for you. Did you believe it at first? Not really, you know, because, uh, you know, people can make jokes. I also thought it was a prank or, or an anti-vax joke or something. This has to be a prank. Some <laughs> some anti-vaxxer is, 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 you know, playing with us and, you know, th- this can't be real. We wait and the press conference starts and it was real. We couldn't get funding. We couldn't get publications. We couldn't get really people to notice RNA as something interesting. It, it had failed clinical trials and pretty much everybody gave up on it. I mean, everybody was skeptical, but we didn't care. Katie and I certainly didn't go into science for, for money or for awards. We, we did it because of interest and curiosity. We've got clinical trials for seven vaccines going on right now. We've got work on uh, cancer vaccines, vaccines for autoimmune diseases, for allergies. We've got gene therapy moving into clinical development. We've got a variety of therapeutics. So, you know, it, it's already been going on for many years, and th- this has just given RNA the recognition. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yeah, it's weird. It's like no one wanted this stuff. It failed all the clinical trials. You know, wasn't wasn't safe, and everyone had given up on it. And then, boom! Everybody's got to take it. Safe and effective. What could go wrong? It still is safe and effective. I don't know if you know, but uh, it, it was so safe and effective that future versions, which are totally different, but still. Pretty much the same, so we don't have to safety test it. Yeah. Let's not forget, I mean, these people really actually jumped. Not actually. I'm not going to say literally. But they really did jump the shark. We, I mean, they got Amazon to remove NAC. I mean, ivermectin became like the laughing stock. I still think half the country thinks ivermectin is for pets only. Uh, you know, they had to do everything they possibly could to, to make it look like to your average Joe. Joe six-pack that there was no other other option. The only option is to vaccinate. That is emergency use authorization because, you know, the nothing else will help. Well, because you can't get the emergency use if there's an effective treatment. You know, the more the older I get, so when we first started this show, I thought, man, it's all controlled, it's all a joke. You're you're, you know, it's all a trick. Everything's controlled. The the longer I live and the more I watch it all, there they wish it was all as controlled as I thought it was. I do think that there are, there are actual battles still taking place. You know, I think the DIA versus CIA thing is very real. I think that the election fraud thing is real. And, you know, there are people who are trying to, to, to juke the system, to, to, to skew the data, but they're, you know, they can only do so much and they're playing their hand and they're having to, invent reasons to keep people six feet away in order to get the 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 count right and everything it just i don't know what the more it does seem a little more nuanced than it than it than i thought it was you know back circa 2009 2010 time period it does seem like there is a war going on but uh yeah well it's not in full control there's even more control over mainstream media but the difference between back then and now and even 
before then, you know, early 2000s, is the decentralization of information. Yeah, yeah. And they they stop being able to just say, okay, we control what goes in the New York Times, New York Times controls what goes on the three networks and every other major newspaper, done. And it's not that easy anymore. So, old old Hillary, she wishes it was still that that easy. We could go back to the old politics, but I couldn't get the clip because PBS, in all their brilliant wisdom, doesn't allow us to rip videos from their website to use, you know, in shows so they would actually get get attention. But anyway. Um, it's in the show notes if you want to see Hillary talking. So no no Hillary clips for you tonight. Uh, but what we do have... Well... Uh, we've got Klaus Schwab talking about driving, or rather not driving, by the year 2030. We meet for the 20th. I hope I will have the pleasure still to be invited for... The meeting when we meet for the 20th governance summit. You will use the app like Uber, but not anymore to call some driver, but a automatically guided car, a self-driven car will come to your hotel or wherever you are and will bring you to the airport. No, Los Angeles is one of the cities with the heaviest traffic who told me in 2030 Los Angeles will be private car driven free. And this will allow to transform highways into parks and other public spheres. Sweet. (laughs) So you don't need the highways anymore? No need for highways. <laughs> so the self-driving cars are just going to drive right through the park? No, I mean... And other public spaces? <sighs> I feel like there's some flaws in Klaus's plan here. Yeah, I mean... It... Did you hear his accent? I mean, he's a German. He has got. He knows what to do. I like how he pronounces Uber. He did say Uber. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like cringe, like, ooh, have I missed the Nazi connection to Uber? Like, the first Uber was actually invented by Hitler, kind of like Volkswagen. Like, uh, yeah, Uber, definitely <laughs> a German <laughs> word there. Yeah. Don't email. Don't email me. I know it's not a thing. Please, please save your email. Old, old Klaus. And just to show kind of the state of the media, uh, Mark Dice. Man, oh yeah, I have this clip a, too. Oh yeah, where he yeah. calls in. Yes, yes. So he and he's. I put the tweet in the Insta paper too there, and he just says, "Yeah, I just called in and said I was. They had some story about a shooting or something happening at a university. He said, oh yeah, I'm a student there, and they just put him on air. No, no vetting whatsoever. Just like, oh, he says he's Tyrone and he's a student there. We'll put him live on the air. What could go wrong? I mean, let's go. And we've got Tyrone on the phone with us now. Tyrone, when you say poker game, what exactly happened? What transpired? Well, first we were watching, we all get together every Tuesday night and we watch 
Tucker Carlson show on X. We used to watch him on Fox News. Obviously, he's not there no more. Mm-hmm. And still being the most credible guy in the media in America, we always get together to watch Tucker Carlson. And I think he's doing probably better now that he's not with Fox News because the corporate media always controls what yeah. the teleprompter readers are able to say. And now that he doesn't Thank have you, that hand Thank you, Tyron. Can we, maybe we can work to get Don back on the phone, Tracy. We can get that. Clearly, that was not a student at Morgan State University. Uh, I mean, it could have been. Come on, man. Why, how are you going to misgender him like that? <laughs> I'm a little, a little surprised he picked up on it that fast. Like it, he could have played it out longer if he wanted to, but it was, you know, get a few shots in about Tucker Carlson to the Fox guys. I'm sure they appreciated that. Let me tell you this. When Alex Stein is in the comments of your tweet calling into Fox News saying, great job, Mark. You've made it. Like, I was jealous. I went to the comments and saw Alex Stein. I was like, man, that is high praise. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a good one. And it just kind of shows a peek behind the the curtain of how fraudulent these media companies are. You know, there's no due diligence whatsoever. It's all about, okay, we've got a news story. We've got to hold people's attention. Let's just, anything related to it, let's just throw it out there. You know. Yep, yep. So we got a, we got a shooting. Let's talk about it. It's a shooting. It's a big deal. Shooting. Shooting. Get Mark Dice on here. <laughs> I mean Tyrone. Ty- uh, Tyrone. So the, uh, let's, uh, let's, you want to do a couple more clips? Sure. Sure. I got, I have some, but they're, they're all kind of tied together and they're heavy. So I don't know. Okay. I've got a couple more shorties. All right. Uh, Harrison Smith. How long do we have to be right about everything? This is, this is a, a difficult question. It's time to admit it. Black Lives Matter hysteria made fools of us all. Oh, did it? Or were some of us not fooled at all in the slightest? How often do we have to be right about everything? How much does it take? Like, honestly, so they come out with a talking point. We point out how it's complete nonsense and how their solution, so-called, will just make everything worse. Then they call us terrible people and domestic terrorists and racists and bigots and hateful. They can't actually argue with us because they are actually wrong. And then eventually, like two or three years later, they go, gee, you know, you guys were right about everything. Isn't that crazy? You guys were right the whole time. Remember we defunded the police and made the murder rate skyrocket? Wasn't that crazy when we fired you from your job and made your grandma die alone while we kept you outside of the hospital because of COVID measures that weren't necessary? Wasn't that nuts? What came over all of us when we were doing that and you were saying not to, but we were calling you names and then beating you if you tried to organize an opposition? Wasn't that crazy? Anyway, we forgive you. We forgive you for trying to stop us from doing the thing that was a terrible idea we all recognize now so now we can all get over it move on together isn't that convenient isn't that nice i mean you have to be you have to to just be in awe of how the how disjointed the narrative is where they can come out with mainstream stories saying the thing we said three years ago as it was happening and 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 the people actually read those stories like yeah i wish you know we would have known i wish somebody would have known like if only somebody (laughs) would have 
would have known that these vaccines were bad or was talking about these vaccines being bad or knew that the money from Black Lives Matter wasn't actually going to go <laughs> wasn't actually to helping black it. people well, that were in, in yeah, other danger. Than and a few very select black lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To buy their third house in, in, in California. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if only, it's, you know what I mean? Like, if only there was people that were talking about that back then, then we all wouldn't have made these mistakes. But they, I don't know, man. It's, it's wild. I don't know. Every now and then my mom says me, sends me some meme that says, turns out the conspiracy theorists were right on everything. You know, and I'm, I just like take some, some solace in that, but it's, it's still, it's like, what? I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's like, there's still, there's still a dis, a a complete, the narrative is the narrative. Like, are they just going to keep telling us that the narrative is real? And even though only 10 to 20% of people believe this at this point, they're just going to keep gaslighting us and pretending it's more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. That's the plan. They still act like it's just a few fringe people that raised a fuss on Travis Kelsey's Instagram thing. Dude, the fringe. When when you say it's like 90% of people. Dude, when you say, and we didn't talk about this last week, I don't think, but when you say few fringe people, when you use the word fringe, it reminds me of uh, uh, Air Trudeau up there, and this guy called them a few fringe people with fringe beliefs, these conspiracy theorists, and then like called them Nazis because some dude got out there who looks exactly like his personal cameraman holding a Confederate flag and then was photographed, and he's like, they're actual Nazis out there. And then a year and a half <laughs> later, this dude brings a Nazi into Parliament, and they all clap for him. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this was the greatest thing! I can't yeah, believe we that, didn't talk about it, but it's so good. Oh, and then they have to like fall over themselves, saying, "Oh my gosh, we're so sorry. We saluted this Nazi." <laughs> and, it's, it's, and then, and then never really like putting connecting the dots. Like, hey, I wonder, like. If this guy's venerated and he was a Nazi, I wonder if we're, wonder what's going on over there now. And would there be there, there could have be Nazis like on the side that we're funding? No, because that I mean we did bring a Nazi into Parliament and give him a standing ovation, which is an honest mistake. But we're clearly not just like funding. <laughs> n- well, not Nazi, not Nazis, but like. National Socialists. What does what Nazi even stand for? It's they're national. Not Nazis. They're neo Nazis. Oh. Totally different. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's you know it's a a fringe minority that happened to uh, forcibly make sure that the puppet president does exactly what they want. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but. We're, you know, it's billions. It's the best money we've ever, ever spent, according to Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Lindsey so, Graham. Yeah, Lady yeah. G. Yeah. Mm. 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 So, well, yeah, yeah, I guess Mitch McConnell said uh, spending money on the war in Ukra- Ukraine is all Republicans' top priority. So, you know, old saying, uh, Cleanliness is next to godliness. I think, you know, spending money in Ukraine is next to godliness, too. Sending money to Ukraine. 
Also, the whole shutdown. So well, there's a couple of things that happened. The government was going to shut down because they're in an actual stalemate about whether or not we're going to send more money to Ukraine. So we're going to shut down the United States government because they're gonna, they don't have enough money because they want to send more to Ukraine. But then it, everyone's like, yeah, we don't care if the government shuts down. And then they're like, oh, like, oh okay, we won't shut it down. Okay, crisis down. averted. I know everyone was freaking out because of the government shutdown, but we pushed off 45 days, people. 45 days we got to figure to figure this out. I think it was the redheaded libertarian or somebody like the anarchist or somebody on somebody on Twitter was like, oh, no. Shut like it was like talk dirt talk dirty to me. You're gonna what? You're gonna shut the government down? Like no one from the government will be working for how long? Like oh no, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> yeah, if only it was like that because we've been through government shutdowns. Oh, yeah. What actually happens is it's just the non-essential. So it's like oh no more parks for you. We'll shut the gates on all the national parks. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Except for migrants, we'll we'll put them in the national parks. And then the the other, yeah, the non-essential government workers will not go to work for a few days. But don't worry, they'll still get paid all their money when this gets resolved in a week. So they'll just get paid for doing nothing. Also, I had a conversation with an essential government worker recently, and he said he would have to go to work and not get paid until they back pay him like a month later, which is not awesome. Not awesome. So he will get he he's he, he gets he gets blessed. The uh, bureaucratic gods have blessed him essential. So therefore, yep. if the government shuts down, he still must work. However, for no paycheck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I can prove that we've been through government shutdowns because uh, one of the uh, clips I've listened to the most throughout the years of this show is in August of of uh, two thousand and eleven. When uh, we started this show, the very first episode, and you say, for those listening in the future, this is actually what you say, for those listening in the future, the big thing of this week is the government shutdown and and the spending bill. And so, yeah, this has been going on for a long time. They've been playing this trick on everybody for a while. Yeah. So we could have just saved our time and just kept playing that episode over and over again. Yeah. Hey, vaccines are bad. And the government shutdowns a phony, right? Phony and deal, and and uh, they've completely destroyed any uh, modicum of normalcy in public life in Libya in 2011. That wouldn't, I, I get. We can still play that. We can still play that right now. Yeah, just to, you just swap just, out the country. Just sw- no, Libya's no, no. L- Libya got hit with the earthquake machine or something. The other, you know, the, you know they got flooded. 25,000 people died. I mean, this is an insane. It's it's crazy. And I feel like they're shaking up North Africa to increase the refugee crisis because holy moly, the refugee immigration thing has gone into overdrive. No women and children, all just dudes, military age dudes invading Europe and invading the US. I mean, it continues. Indeed. You got anything you want to play on that? I don't. I mean, I have I have stuff on it. Well, and it's it's uh warning it's a little a little dark, but uh it's got to it's got to be done. So, um in all of this, what do we got? We have 
I'll play this one, at least the first part of it. And what is going on in this country as the immigration kind of goes out of control, migrants coming in everywhere. They're, I mean, there's migrants now. Do you hear these hotels in New York just filled with, you know, migrants, uh, you know, top to bottom. They got uh, them staying in regular hotel rooms in San Francisco, right next to in Los Angeles, right next to tourists and others. I mean, there's just, it's well, a they're, crazy they're state of that, affairs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this one in New York is actually completely full of just Well, I, and I think they might have done that in California, too. So, filling, like, using the entire building mm-hmm. makes some sense. Right. You know. But... Interspersing it with, like, paying tours and stuff is is truly an insane idea. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a way we could get the people who pay money to come here robbed <laughs> let's see i have an idea you know, it's it's not it's not always easy to find hotel staff willing to work for barely over a minimum wage so how about if we uh we keep having you know a busy hotel and they can deal with all the complaints and people complaining. But then let's throw in just a, a batch of homeless people interspersed among all the other rooms, uh, just for some open drug use, maybe feces in the hallway, and then just see how our staff handles that those working conditions. Was that that'd be fine, right? I think so. I mean, after you won't have to worry by twenty by twenty thirty, you won't have to worry about drivers, yeah. a driver. You won't have to worry about a hotel staff. The robot will clean it all up. Yeah, I can't wait for the robots. Robots! Robots, here they come. All right, well, uh, you've heard about the migrants, but have you heard about the children? Uh, So 350,000 unaccompanied children in the last two years have come into our country, and Joe Biden's administration doesn't know where 85,000 of those kids are. Hey, what company are you guys with? Where are you guys taking this kid? Where's this kid? Is this your kid here? Sir, is this your kid? You know these kids are kind of going places they never heard from again, right? No. Are you Fine, with me, sir? Can, can I ask what company you're with? No. No? You, you won't tell me? No. Okay. Why are you being so secretive? Don't worry about it, sir. Can you stop bothering me? Why are you hiding your name badge? Why are you so ashamed of what you're doing with these kids? You don't have my permission to be taking any pictures. Uh, this is a public-facing place. I've already talked to the police. Hey, where are you guys flying to today? And don't, hey, don't get in my no, face, No, you're sir. getting in my space, sir. You're getting in my space? You're getting in my space. I need you to back down. Okay, I'm right here. All right, can you back down over there? You're stepping towards me, sir. How are you guys doing? No, you can't take Yes, I can. No, you can This is a public place. Why are you guys being so secretive? Who are the kids in the car? Every month, thousands of foreign children are trafficked into the United States via the U.S.-Mexico border. They are detained by Border Patrol, held in top-secret compounds, and delivered into the hands of human traffickers by government contractors, some of whom are CIA-affiliated. A sophisticated network of traffickers and smugglers are using the United States federal government as part of the logistical chain of their child trafficking operation. All of this is openly acknowledged by the Department of Homeland Security and Congress. Since 2021, 
85,000 migrant children have gone missing, never to be heard from again. Others have been subjected to involuntary servitude, debt bondage, commercial sex trafficking, and possibly forced organ harvesting. This video will show how the United States federal government is facilitating the largest child trafficking ring in the world. So that video will be in the show notes. It's another 12, 13 minutes. Uh, it's got a lot of interesting points, but I've also come up with a couple other clips to kind of play off of that one. And uh, here we go. This one's a little bit shorter. We'll play this one first. My name is Tara Rodas, and thanks to the bravery of Aaron Stevenson, and thanks to Project Veritas and James O'Keefe for publishing the story, I was sitting on the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site processing unaccompanied children. So you may know that children were coming to this country from other countries. We were taking them into the care, HHS, and then delivering them to sponsors, sponsors, unvetted sponsors throughout the United States. So because one whistleblower came forward and because one organization was willing to tell the truth, I was able to then uncover and report that the U.S. government is the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation. We literally have government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking. So one whistleblower coming forward, telling the truth, sets in motion a cascade of things that you could never imagine. So I was very grateful for the opportunity for someone to tell the truth. And who knows, maybe one of you could be the next person to come forward. So along with my buddy Aaron, I'm going to continue to speak the truth until children are rescued, criminals are prosecuted, and the United States government no longer is putting billions of dollars to traffic children. My apologies. I kind of played those out of order. I meant to play the clip from the whistleblower before I played her. So, of course, she does talk about the whistleblower who came forward. Uh, and then she was able to kind of out all of these things and bring it before Congress. So here is the whistleblower in his own words. Uh, the word that they keep using there was sponsor. Sponsor sounds like a good word, right? You're a sponsor, you're like an AA sponsor. You look after people in AA. You're sponsoring some foster kids. You're looking after them. You're a sponsor. You know, you're right, look, yeah. looking after them. Sounds like a good word. It's not. So it's a word that is... Uh, it, 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 Leaves a lot to be desired, as, as this next clip will, will show. Oh, but remember when it was Trump, he was separating the children oh, from their gosh. parents. I, I, I actually want to message this one person in particular who like blew up my Facebook timeline talking about how he's an evil person and there are children in cages and how could we as Christians just sit by. I, I, I so much just want to just email her, send her a Facebook message like, hey, uh, quick question, how's... Uh, How's that evil Trump doing with them kids in cages situation? So anyway, uh, let's go to the whistleblower in his own words. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of unimaginable what he what he describes here. And it's not soup. It, the problem is, it's not like, hey, I dropped him off right before some, you know, and, and there was a circle of people in a black robe and it was satanic ritual abuse. And this is a QAnon conspiracy. No, no. This is a guy who is legit, who is actually describing 
pure bureaucratic nonsense with a with a you know very possible ulterior motive uh, but just pure bureaucratic nonsense and 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 poor decision making at the cost of just like we talked about at the beginning of the show and or I mentioned before like what what is the cost of this money that you're making working this job where you know trafficking in human souls as i mentioned have babies i've escorted myself i can personally myself say i picked up a baby that's five months old eight months old four months old and escorted them to a sponsor and how the hell do you realize who a sponsor is for this child when they can't even talk so who are that's awful the whole thing is awful but who are these sponsors then Uh, i know some reports are that these are Mostly, at least in Florida, from reports I've heard, wealthy Americans. Uh, My apologies. I pulled this from the Redacted podcast. It's a podcast on YouTube, The Redacted. I'll try and put it in the show notes, but I should give them credit where it's due. Um, who are are getting the paying for these children? But first of all, who are these sponsors? Do you do you, when you interact with them? Are, are they? Is there a representative for the sponsors that you're meeting face to face, or is it the sponsor, his or herself, who is meeting you face to face? The sponsor is supposed to be supposed to be me, be meeting me face to face because their ID is the one that I can only accept. So they're supposed to be at the airport, but a lot of the times it does not happen. And and the sponsors are supposedly family members. They can be an aunt or an uncle. They're supposedly a, a stepmother, they're supposedly a stepfather. They're supposedly a sister or a brother or a cousin. Sometimes they're even family friends. But it's like, how do you prove that this is a family friend? Or how do you prove this is a cousin when you don't even do DNA testing anymore at the border when it comes to the current administration? And how are you? So these people are just calling up and saying, hey, yeah, that's my cousin. And that's it. I'm willing to take him in. And you as an employee, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you thought you were reuniting families up until you didn't. Like, what was the moment you decided, wait a second, I need to blow the whistle on this. This is not what I thought it was. So, yes, you get into this type of work because you think you can make a difference. You know, you, 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 you think it's, oh, it's these kids who are, and they have been through a lot. But you want to help them out and make them smile by buying them a, a snack at the airport, a toy at the airport. Because children are innocent, you know. No matter what, children, they don't know what they're doing. And they should be kept out of issues that are uh, tearing our country apart. So you try to make their day better. But then I started hearing horror stories from my coworkers. My coworkers used to tell me, my child that I escorted was crying because they said that they didn't did not know the sponsor that I was taking them to. And they were telling me, police sir, I don't want to go to the sponsor. I don't know them. I they at the campsite where I was, at the Walmart shelter where I was, they told me that I supposedly know the sponsor, that the sponsor is supposedly my uncle or my aunt, but I've never met him. I don't remember. And my coworker would say, but I don't care. I still handed the child off, even though the child was crying, because I wanted to go out and party 
And the reason why my coworker says that is because once we had the child off, we're allowed to go have our own thing. You know, if we're in Los Angeles and we hand the children off at the airport, we're allowed to go out into the city because our flight doesn't happen until the next day, our return flight. So the rest of the night we're free. And a lot of my coworkers were 18, 19 years old, 21 years old, taking care of teenagers. And their main worry was, oh, man, I want to go to the bar already. I want to go to a concert that's happening in downtown L.A. But the sponsor is taking forever or this child is crying and I just want to hand them off. So they would hand the children off, even though they were showing signs of, I don't know the sponsor. And then I used to think my coworkers were lying or they were exaggerating because I would tell myself my coworker just wants attention. So they're acting like, uh, and as, as sick as it is, you know, people like attention that way. And I would, I would brush it off saying, there's no way that's true. But then one day I received an email from my boss admitting in a company email that we handed off children to the wrong people. And all the stories that I would hear from coworkers immediately just, it just hit me hard in my face. And I had a big panic attack and I couldn't breathe. And, and the reason why is because I also would get stories from kids where a child wouldn't want to talk. And when I would get to the sponsor, the sponsor would tell me he's not talking because his sibling was with him and she got raped in Mexico and she got murdered in Mexico as well. So these children go through crazy situations like that. And then they tell me these stories and then you get an email from your own boss telling you we fucked up. We gave children to the wrong people. And the way, the reason why it's so sickening is because in my office alone, there was about 300 of us, 200 to 300 of us. I would say at the most 400 employees. And each one of us can sometimes have six kids, eight kids at a time. And the, the word around the company was that the boss had found records of us handing off kids to the wrong people for an entire month. So... Each day there's escorts going out. So that's thousands of kids for an entire month that were handed off to the wrong people. And could you just imagine a company that's working for the government admits in an email to we gave kids to the wrong people. You just lose your entire faith in the company and the system. And it's like, what am I doing here? You know, I can't be part of this anymore. So that's why I decided to speak out because the company themselves admitted we're trafficking kids. I'm not even really sure what to say. So he worked for a government contractor or yes, government or okay. Yeah. Government contractor that apparently was full of young kids in their twenties who just wanted to go party and were handing off kids to do their job. Just doing my job. Just doing my job. Yeah. And what what are the numbers? 85,000? 350,000 uh, admitted. 
admitted numbers are 350,000 migrant children have come into this country in the last two years, and 85,000 of them are missing. Wow. And that's just the last two years? Yes. Wow. So... There's yeah, mo- and there's probably a few Hawaiian kids floating around, too. Yeah, yeah. There's more to the story than just get mad about the people that are flooding your border. And by the way, it's totally something worth getting mad about in some ways. I mean, I don't know what in the world we're going to do to stop this mess. Because I don't know if anybody's watched videos of what's going on in Europe. But, you know, yeah, people, the- are, people are just getting outright attacked in the open and public squares. I mean, we've got people, you know... Elderly Asian ladies getting punched, you know, and getting knocked down on the on the sidewalks in New York City. I mean, it's it's a weird it's a weird weird time. Well, and the as Hillary Clinton once said, I don't think the border will ever get closed. There's too much money in the drug trade, right? <laughs> Is that what she said? Well, she said, uh, I think believe it was in reference to the bar. I mean, that's the the truth of the matter, but yeah, she had some comment about it won't get shut down because there's too much money in it. And yeah, that's uh open borders. Very important for the drug trade and for uh, child trafficking and for absolute destabilization. Yeah. Completely destabilize the, an entire area. If you completely destabilize Europe already and they're working on the U S um, bringing in, you know, subservient workers, workers who will do what they're told, um, you know, because Americans got too many, too many ideas about freedom. So I saw an all too true meme. It was all the non-playable characters. It said something to the effect of, uh, I will sterilize myself. Open borders are good. Please disarm us. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that about covers it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. And I think that uh, destabilization is the is the goal. It's one hundred percent the goal with all this immigration stuff. Yeah, and, and it's almost like they're you know shaking up North Africa or there's you know Central America, all these different places, just to get more immigration. Because it's the old justification was like oh we need the workers right right but at the same time they're getting rid of the workers so with the shots oh well it's not the process is not working fast enough so let's just raise the minimum wage to twenty dollars an hour i'm sure that won't drive automation in fast food restaurants in california it also feels like replacement theory I know it's supposedly like a uh, what is it, an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, but if you, and I'm, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but if you look at it, they have kept uh, fertility rates extremely low, and now we have people dying from the shots, and ki- kids who are, you know, mutilating themselves so they can't have kids, or younger people who are just refusing to have kids altogether, and if you're going to 
trade in the souls of men, so to speak, if the social security numbers actually matter, if the amount of taxable income on each individual person is a real specific number that you have to keep above a, a certain limit, uh, you got to get, you got to get more people's, you got to get more birth certificates in here. You got to get more people inside the country. We got to go inside the country. We go inside. That's where our problems are <laughs> inside the com- the company. Yeah, yeah, but you, if it's actual economic growth, that's the goal. This is not how you would do it. No, no, no. I don't think. I think. I think that. No, no. Don't get me wrong. No, I don't think the economic. No, they're trying to destroy the economy. They are yeah. absolutely trying to destroy the economy. But I think you need a certain amount of of taxpayers out there. To kind of keep everything afloat, government workers, people who work hard as they're told. Yeah, well, every every problem has a government program and a budget to make sure it never goes away. <laughs> uh, there was a this came from my uh, a family member of mine. He sent it out, and he was kind of interested in all the inflation statistics and whatnot. So I read through it. It's an economist, uh, not economist, an economic uh, newsletter. But one last fact on this economic newsletter that I was sent from a family member. North Dakota and Louisiana were the only states with a fertility rate increase between 2005 and 2021. I thought this was fascinating. Should have thrown this in the telegram. The CDC defines the general fertility rate number as births per 1,000 women ages 15 to 44. The nation's fertility rate has generally declined since 1957. Then there were 122 births per thousand of between women uh, of, on women between the ages of 15 and 24. Preliminary data shows the 2022 rate had fallen to 56.1. Rates rose in North Dakota and Louisiana between 2005 and 2021. North Dakota's rose 2.93%. Louisiana's rose 1%. So in from 57 to 2023 is just over 60 years, 65 years. And the births per 1,000 are less than half. Yep. What would that be? What would the, how would that plan come to fruition? What would you call a thing like that where you're trying to de- to get the birth rate to decline? Uh, eugenics, eugenics population control. Yeah, eugenics. That's what it would be. Dysgenics. That, that was one of those conspiracy theories that uh, Aldous Huxley talked about, and then his his. Uh, his cousin Julian Huxley. Yeah, his cousin Julian Huxley. Yeah. Cut brother cousin. I mean, th- in that family, like, do we really believe? <laughs> it's in, as a brother, as a cousin, <laughs> his uncle, it's all these things. Yeah, um, yeah. That whole uh, let's just have these five families breed Ubermensch didn't exactly work out too well there. Yeah, not the best. Not the best. Um, anyway, it does to me. It feels like. Replacement, full replacement of workers with obedient workers. Uh, let's get the the actual, true American citizens who were born in this country, who knows what freedom is, who wants freedom. 
Let's get them to uh, sterilize themselves, to not have babies, and tell them, you know, your life is over when you have kids. Convince a whole generation of that. Uh, make sure they don't. And then uh, bring in bring in some obedient workers. Keep the, uh, the number of people in the country high so you can keep the kind of GDP and taxable income high. The end. <laughs> I don't know how much taxable income you get off of you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Immigrant labor, it's all black market. It's all under the table stuff. But Yeah. But it'll take more and more jobs away from you and me. Yeah. Which is the goal. So, speaking of the economic takedown. Sorry for Tim's 10 minutes of black pill, but that had to happen, I guess. So, I just I want your take on on these things. I feel like there's a message in it somewhere. I don't know what the message is. So U.S. debt passed $33 trillion, right? We talked about that last week, I think. Yep. But they really made a big point of it, like $33 trillion. Yes, they did. Like a bigger deal than when it passed $30 trillion, or 31 or 32 $33 trillion. Then the stock market... You know, went down some to almost exactly thirty three thousand. Hmm. Like within a few days of each other. And I saw this story, this was shown to me in my normie Google news feed with no manipulation on my part whatsoever. Right? The stock market today has echoes of the 1987 crash, and even a hint of a recession could be a massive blow to equities, Society General says. Okay, it's like, are they trying to incite a crash? Uh, I don't know. And And they're just like, oh, look, you know. Rising bond rates, just like the 1980s, like the 1987 crash and Black Monday. Hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> I don't know. Would you have a take on that? I don't. I think that just like you kind of brought this up the other day and it made me kind of noodle on a little bit when we saw the Aaron Rodgers go down on the 33 yard, that whole weird thing. And and you said it was kind of some sort of ritual. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's true. I don't think that that's completely rigged. I don't think that Andrew or that Aaron Rodgers would, would go for that and ruin his own career. Then you said, no, no, I don't think it's the people. I think it's the spiritual forces at work sending a message. And I think that... Uh, I got that, mammon at work. Yeah, I think that that's actually true. I think that that's actually true. We have uh, we, sometimes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes the 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 spiritual forces at work are showing us the numbers, so to speak. Because just you know, out amongst the people, as I am, yes, you are. There's a lot of people who you would think. I guess a really nice house. They've got some money. If they now part of it is if I'm in Edmond, I know what I'm going to get. Oh, it's just we can't possibly afford to pay for that. 
pay you no mind to this three quarters of a million dollar house. This is, you know, we're just brink of destitution. And then, you know, it's a negotiating ploy. But aside from that, um, as someone who runs a lot of credit credit checks, there's a lot of people struggling. And these are the people who are still trying to, you know, do things like buy water systems. So it's a... I I definitely think there is some truth to the fact that the the money that was pumped in during COVID it's pretty much gone. And now well, they gave us getting, like twenty five hundred dollars. It's like three years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think yeah, the, only, the, I, the, only, the only only money that would still be around is PPP money. If they had any of that, I mean, there's, there's, the, there's no money pumped. I mean, I guess you're just talking about the, they, that money didn't actually make it to the people. All that money that they printed. No, it made it well. Indirectly, it made it to the people because instead of laying massive numbers of people's off, businesses could basically keep paying them with government money. Sure. There's. So it, which is, I guess, you know, if there had been a real pandemic, sort of makes sense. Yeah. That's how you end up at $33 trillion in debt. But then it phonies up the economy so much. Like you need, like part of work is you're adding value to uh, your company and to the economy. Right, I mean that's well, and that and that's not the only thing that phoning up work. Don't don't you, forget that. Yeah, like, oh you yeah. Had people, you had people working from home. You had people right. who were like, "I'm going to fully do my job now from home," which awesome. Some people can, but I think it's quite clear that many many people can't, and it's yeah. not better. Are you a computer programmer? Yes. Okay, yeah. work from home's probably just fine for you. Do you do anything else? So, oh, something else? Yeah, work from home is probably not exactly the same. Right? <laughs> Speaking to someone who was a who tried to do sales, you know, outside sales from home in a different state, not ideal, right? Not ideal. It's just not not the same. So, quick interruption here. Uh, this flashback article from Seeking Alpha, March 9th, two thousand and nine. Is the devil of a mark? In this devil of a market, could 666 be the bottom? <laughs> I think it was. It was. The S&P bottom was 666. So so I, while I've given up beating the rally drum, at least publicly, I do remain hopeful that we are due for a bounce. It sure seems like everyone has given up. I continue to suggest the market can't erode faster than time, yet it does. We're down 25% through the year, It's only eighteen and the year is only 18% complete, suggesting at this rate that it actually could go below zero. I do expect that we face more pain. <laughs> I do expect that we face could face more pain later this year, even if we do bounce here, but I appreciate the potential for a 666 S&P low. And it was. Nailed it. Narrator. That's when we you it know, was. put all our money into the S and P five hundred, right, Tim, or whatever, whatever it is. Oh, I don't no? think I don't think in two thousand nine you or I had any money. No, that's a. Uh, I'd bought some uh, fifty dollars silver with my. 
Oh, I, I, Rhea savings. I, I think I have. I think I may have had silver as well. But I, I actually, I won in the silver game. I went thirteen to fifty. Oh, nice. You, you went fifteen to to thirteen. <laughs> or you no, went, no, no. You went fifty no. to thirteen. Fifty to thirteen. Yeah. 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 That's how I roll. No. All right. I think, I think my I've wife actually some, thought I was smarter at that point in time. She was like, "Wow, that was a good move." <laughs> 13 to 50 was a good move. But I wish I'd only bought more. I've got a bunch of space stuff, but we'll oh, do it after we thank some people. Let's do it. I'm so excited for space stuff. No, we, we could thank some people first. Let's do it. No, no. Let's, let's thank some people. It's more of a, a second half of show. Oh, oh my segment. gosh. Is you destroying your microphone of second half of show thing as well? Uh, it's just me pulling up the donation sheet because I know you're about to ask me. And you say, go ahead and read. And then I interrupt you. And then you interrupt me. Yeah. <sighs> so predictable. And then you say, we've decided like we just decided to be a listener supported podcast. Hey, if you want to write this script, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> you want to read it, you can write. You can read it too. You can do the we, whole podcast if you want. But until, <laughs> we, until then, you're gonna have to deal with me saying that. We, we decided way back when. Revelations Radio. You guys may have noticed. <laughs> There will be no ads. There were no ads. Revelations Radio News has c- concluded, d- uh, been forced into a listener. So, how about what, do, what? What word do you want here? No, I just we just it's been dis- we decided it long ago to be a solely listener supported podcast, and not we have decided like it just happened. Yeah, has. Has decided? No, we decided. Past tense. Got it. Got it. So, in the future, if you would like to edit the copy on the website, just edit the. Let me know. Hey, Tim, change this, and I can change it. Don't bring it up in the show a year and a half after it's written. All right. All right. Anyway, Revelations Radio News decided, was forced into, became. Uh, was inspired by a solely listener-supported podcast. And this means listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism. If you feel you're getting value from the show, please help us by becoming a supporter. We count on you guys to make this work. You know what I need is a copy editor, a, a, a someone to do my editing. Proofreading. Well, I know somebody. Back office. Find somebody in the back office. Same person who did the spreadsheet. They could do this too. I I know somebody who has some time on her hands because I don't write Substacks anymore. So don't worry. She emails me when I completely destroy <laughs> the English language. Like I think you meant this. Like, yeah, probably did. All right, guys. So anyway, uh, the point of this whole uh, whatever this is is that this segment of the show is we get a chance to thank you guys for thank for thanking us by committing and contributing to the show financially. Uh, committing, like somebody named... Danny and Medford. 
that guy five dollars thank you so much danny 100 committed that guy is anyway on the on the the revelationsradionews.com backslash support there's a give sin go donation top right you just hit that little hit that little guy or the paypal donation you hit that guy or the buy me a coffee hit that guy and uh, you can donate you can also send it to the p.o box so we're going to go through and thank some people no p.o box donations this week but we have both give send go and paypal donations andrew's going to read it and i'm going to do my best to come up with a reason to interrupt him because i just uh i'm a person who prefers to have continuity and tradition all right uh garden city ranchers from Garden City, Missouri, send us fifty dollars via gifts and go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Garden City Ranchers. Much appreciated. Oh, there's an October paid. All right, so we're in the October's. Uh, Robert via PayPal send us five dollars from Parts Unknown. Thank you, Robert. Brian via PayPal send us forty dollars from Parts Unknown. Thank you, Brian. Kyle, send us $10 via PayPal. Thank you, Kyle. We got Kyle in on the the emails and on uh, Telegram, right? Is he on Telegram? Or just the emails? Okay. I don't know. Is it, is we, people, people name themselves funny things in the Telegram, so I don't know, you know who's who. We did hear from, from Kyle via email, so that, that was nice. Uh, Autumn. Send us $5 via PayPal. Uh, and Autumn is from Snoqualmie, Washington. Thank you very much, Autumn. Beautiful, beautiful place. Yep. And uh, just, you know, needs to put up a wall to keep the <laughs> Seattleites out. But, yeah. Uh, an anonymous donation via Give Sing Go, $5 from Reno, Nevada. Thank you very much, Anonymous. Uh, Bill, our... Longtime supporter Bill uh, from Sandpoint, Idaho, sent us a hundred dollars via Give Send Go. Thank you very much, Bill. Speaking of episode one, I feel like Bill may have listened to episode one, us rambling about Libya. <laughs> Bill's been around a long time, so we we appreciate that. And uh, Celeste via parts un or from parts unknown, sent us fifty dollars via Give Send Go. And send us a message. It says, Dear Andrew and Timothy, may God's favor continue to guide, inspire, and strengthen you as you walk the path he's placed before you. Many thanks for your steadfast faithfulness in shining the light of truth and planting seeds of hope in this weary world of darkness. And there is a little more. Let me scroll over here. No, that's not working. Can you read the rest of it? Uh, let me look. May our Father in Heaven draw you and your families close. And then I write, oh, wait. Um, if possible. In his please. loving heart. And please send your book. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. So we do we have an address? No address yet. So okay. we're going to so need to reach out to her. Listening, uh, Tim likely sent you an email saying, we're happy to send you a book. We just need to know where to send it. Absolutely. Yep, yep. And I think that wraps it. So, yeah. 335 seems like yesterday we were doing 334. 
This one's for Bill. My dad hey. used to go on Sunday mornings to the uh, to the donut shop, and he would bring back a, a big bunch of donuts, but there would always be a couple of chocolate donuts. I take the chocolate <laughs> donuts and lick them, and put them back in the box. Ah, uh, the late great Jordan Maxwell. Uh, not so great. Uh, speaking of Jordan Maxwell, uh, welcome to the Telegram chat chat. Yvonne, uh-huh. uh, she's, I believe she listens to our podcast at least some of the time, but she's a, a does her own uh, ChristianObserver.net, and um, she has an article from last year on the gospel of Jesus Christ and Christ consciousness, which, as you know, is one of my pet peeves, the whole Christ consciousness garbage, new age stuff. Uh, so anyway, people should check that out. It'll be in the, the show notes. I had somebody and, ask me about the old Christ consciousness this last week. What do you think about, you know, there, there was a, you know, he was just a teacher and there was one in Buddhism and there, you know, you know, Muhammad was the same for Islam and yeah, well, sounds like what, a lie told to you by demons. That's what I think. It's, uh, I, I didn't come on that hard, but I just, I was very confident in my answer. I was like, no, that's not true. Mm-mm, that's not true at all. If you actually look into it, it's not. They're not. It's not a thing. So, yeah. They're like, oh, really? I was like, no, yeah, it's not. They're not. It's not a thing. So, yeah. And Jesus really existed. There's hopefully my a lot more evidence for him uh, than virtually any other historical figure. So, yeah, the whole Jesus wasn't really alive thing doesn't doesn't work either. No, no. much. I think hopefully my uh, conviction led him to at least either believe me or to investigate further. Yeah. Uh, Ruslan KD, have you heard of this guy on YouTube? Hmm. He's got like 400,000 subscribers, so apparently lots of people have. Uh, But he did kind of an interesting interview with someone from Wise Disciple. Mm-hmm. And talking about a subject near and dear to Revelations Radio News, he's, this guy thinks aliens might actually be demons. So I just I pulled the clip from that if you want to play it. Which one was it? Sorry. Uh, Ru- Ruslan KD and Wise Disciple, Aliens or Demons. Wise Disciple sounds reminiscent of an old friend of ours. Connect the dots for those who are watching in terms of how the folks who have these encounters with aliens tend to also have strong connections to the occult. Well, that appears to be the end result of their encounters with these beings. Hmm. And I say beings because I don't believe at all that aliens are actual physical creatures from another galaxy. Mm -hmm. I think they're beings that have come to our dimension from another one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you you, you don't even need to be a believer in Jesus Christ to get there Mm -hmm. in terms of an inference. Mm -hmm. I I think the evidence is strong enough to get you there. You don't even have to believe it. But of course, as Christians in our worldview, we have an explanation for this, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's where I said that these are demons. If you think about demons and you think about their, their goals, Mm -hmm. this is right in line with what you see when you read about classic abduction syndrome cases Mm -hmm. where people will say, I was abducted. 
um, and they were communicated to by aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stories vary, mm-hmm. but what they'll say is, we are the ones who created life on Earth. We, you know, implanted life on Earth, and now we're back to bring about some kind of utopia. We're going to solve the world's problems. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is a lot of people, after they have encounters, and it's always multiple encounters, it's not just one. Mm-hmm. So these people will be revisited. Mm-hmm. And over the course of their visitations with these beings, mm-hmm. they'll become much more friendly to the occult, mm. to pagan occultic practice, mm-hmm. where it's more universalist in nature. Mm-hmm. All religions lead to the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But at the top, it are the aliens as the ones to be worshipped? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's sort of, there's an antipathy towards Christianity. Mm. And so you'll hear sometimes in the language like of, of the aliens communicating to people like, well, Jesus was just another alien traveler like us, mm. which is anti-gospel. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's. I would say that's anti-gospel. What? Uh, what the person was telling you? Yes, very much anti-gospel. So, anything, any, every single cult or occult deal, you know, every false teaching has to change who Jesus is. So, yeah, in some way, and and. In one direction, right? Not in the Jesus is more important than we thought. It's always, well, you know, just a man, just a wise teacher. Oh, just, you know, it's Christ consciousness. It's just a way of thinking and anyone can achieve that. And or just, you know, various versions of it, depending on the flavor of, of demonic teaching that's out there. Uh, but it's it kind of gets us into the a space segment. Hold on and, a sec before we jump into that, oh, and I'm okay. I'm waiting with bated breath for your space segment. Okay. Um, I uh, one of the things that, and I told this to this person that was asking me about it, you know, with demon possession and all of these other strange things that happen. There, one of the things that I kind of came to over the last several years, just looking at everything is that demons and demonic entities also alien see also alien spirit guides ascended masters all of this yeah, it's all the uh, same garbage all the same garbage they really 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 hate god which i know is like elementary root, rudimentary like sim- simple like everybody like oh it's a simple explanation but like they hate him so much and people so much that their goal is to take as many people to hell with them as they possibly can. And they love hurting and deceiving people because it makes God angry. They want to make God more and more angry. And that's why the ante gets upped every time to, you know, now we have 85,000 missing children in this country because they're ending up in, in, you know, some of them maybe end up in uh, their cousin's home and they're brought in by somebody else and they're undocumented and who knows. But some of them for sure are going to end up some sort of crazy ritualistic sacrifice thing. And why would that happen? How could another human be a being do that to a, another human? Well, the answer is the demons are at work on them and they are mad at God and they want to make God mad. And so they will take the innocent and try to, 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 to make him to make it mad, they cast spells doing it. They use different body fluids doing it. They do real life magic, which is a real thing, not just like a, 
you know, doing a card trick. They actually conjure up demons and make magical, you know, spells happen because they have, you know, gateways to other, you know, portals to the other worlds, whether it's through sex magic or sacrificing of, you know, children or, or whatever, or people or animals. Like that stuff is all very, very real. And demons want to do that to make God mad. And when you realize that that is what's happening all around you, not necessarily all around you, but it is happening around us in the world. And you start to think about some of the horrible things you've heard about or you're looking at or uh, you've read about. And it's hard to wrap your brain around it. When you come to that point that you realize that they are just trying to make God as mad as possible to see how many people they can take with them. Maybe God, maybe they'll get God to like change their mind and not throw everybody in jail or not throw everybody in hell. But I don't know what their motive is, but it seems once, once anyway, my point is kind of ram, kind of rambling here. Once you cross that point, it, it, a lot of stuff starts to make sense. Right. Right. And I think, I think that the early church knew this much better than we do now in our modern world. There's such a, a gray area and everything's so modern. <laughs> there couldn't be like actual demons and things like that. But the, see, uh, you're saying the world's not explained just by a lack of a good public education system, Tim, and that people are basically aren't basically good. And no, it just, not. if we could only get those lousy redneck parents out of the way, everything would be turned into a, Socialist utopia. No men are good. No, not one. Psalms and Paul both said, "No, not no, yeah. no men are good. No, not one." Yeah. So the, I think there, yeah, you made made some good points there, but the they don't tell you <laughs> the demons slash aliens slash whatever else ascended masters. You know what it? Uh, they don't tell you. Oh yeah, we're leading you away from God because we hate God and we're uh, trying to basically drag you to hell with us because uh, we know that's where we're going. They say, "Oh, you can become like God, right?" That's not. Don't listen to the Bible. Don't listen to. No, that's not what it's really all about. You can be just like. You can be just like. Christ, you know, just by learning some good meditation techniques. And yet, whether it's Eastern religions or New Age or any of this stuff, no one ever gets there. You know, no matter how many uh, mental state-altering substances they take, I've never heard anyone claim, like, oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've got to figure it out. I'm no longer, you know... Everything's perfect now. It's always like, oh yeah, there's the the hope somewhere, and whether it's transhumanism or anything else, it's always out there somewhere, right? But it, you never actually get there. And even if you're a Rockefeller or a Henry Kissinger or whoever, you know, eventually death comes for you, and you got to face the the reality that everything you fought against your whole life is is real so and there's some you know like i said the the older i get and the more evil we see the more children we hear about being abducted i don't you know hell really doesn't bother me as far as a 
like, how could a good God have eternal punishment? It's like, eh, it seems about right. So suddenly, suddenly wiping out entire cities and, you know, bombing Sodom and Gomorrah comes into view a little bit more clearly. So we'll we'll take a, a slight detour, but it all wraps back around. But I have an investment around. I have an investment, um, a real estate investment opportunity for people. Oh, I'm ready. <coughs> you don't even so have to this, give me the clip. I already know about it. So this is a radio use segment on NASA moon houses. You should invest in some honey and water over there, Andrew. Yeah. Radio U, where music is going. Are you planning on buying a house anytime soon? Because if you wait about 17 years, you could actually buy one on the moon. That's right. NASA is planning on building houses on the moon by the year 2040. And I've got so many questions popping up in my head. And there's one main thing that I'm trying to figure out. Is there going to be Wi-Fi up there? Because I got to watch football. It don't matter if I'm in Columbus, Ohio, or California, or Oklahoma City, or on the moon. I've got to be able to watch football. Ryan texted and he said, hopefully they'll be more affordable than the houses here on Earth. Why do I get the feeling, Ryan, that they're probably not going to be? Because heaven forbid we have affordable housing anywhere, whether it be on Earth or on the moon. Here's Prisoner again on Radio U. The football part kind of put it over the edge for me. I'm like, I hope they put this out as a clip, and they did. So it's uh, worked out well for me. But yeah. uh, I, I have to do something. It just wait, it ha- wait. It, first, no, no, first, no, no, no. Tim, what? just the people need to hear about this opportunity. No, All hold right. on. I got this. I got this. No, no, don't, don't do anything. I have this. Trust me. Ready? Are you ready? Go ahead. Radio U, where music is going. Are you planning on buying a house anytime soon? Because if you wait about 17 years, you could actually buy one on the moon. That's right. (laughs) NASA is planning on building houses. All right. So here's what you do. You send me $100 today. And I will... The day moon houses become available for purchase, I will pay for your complete house, your complete moon house. Seems like a good deal. House for a hundred bucks. What could go wrong? Tim, you're muted. Oh, sorry about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a great deal. Houses on the moon. Houses, moon houses for $100. Just send me the $100 now and I will buy the house for you the second they become available. No no Elon Musk uh, deposit deals though. There's no no like uh oh they're taking deposits for the moon houses now and no I'm not I'm not chipping in on that. But when you can actually buy the house uh yes, yeah, so pay for your moon house in full. Uh, all you got to do is send me a hundred bucks now. 
it's only 17 years. I mean, it's you figure it's they've got to be worth what $100 million. So, $100 investment now for 17 years. Man, I have to have Wi Fi and watch my football in my moon house. Where to, modern man? Where to? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I. wouldn't lose too much sleep over that uh, the prospect of NASA actually coming up with moon houses, believe it or not. So, and there there are some reasons for that. So I was uh, listening to George on the Flat Earth Files, and he had an interview with uh, Dean Odell, who is pastor in Alabama and. Uh, gubernatorial candidate in Alabama. He did not win. Shocker. Um, who is a, a flat earth pastor guy, right? So he did, uh, he had some interesting stuff on, uh, he almost got killed by back in the COVID times, right around when Rob Skiba and quite a few other people went out and he told his wife, he, do not take me to the hospital. No matter what happens, do not take me to the hospital. They'll kill me with remdesivir in the ventilator. So he's still with us. And he had another uh, friend of his, I think a, a pastor as well, who they went and got out of the hospital and who likely wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have made it out of the hospital alive if they hadn't just marched him out. And so um, it's, always a, it's always a fun exercise. You have to sign this. Yeah. Thing. Are you sure you're ready? Because if he dies, it's not going to be anybody's fault but yours. You going to sign that? You want to sign it? Give me the paper. I think, Give I think they, me the paper. I'm I think they here. literally just marched him out. A full on hospital break there. But yeah. yeah. So the um, you can't leave. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he, I, I kind of can. Yeah, he talks about a, a a few different things, but I liked what he had to say on the importance of creation to the Bible and to Christianity. Paul said in Romans one the big my fault. Which one are you? Okay, but I was just going to say, so there, any writer will tell you, like any well-written novel, the first line, the beginning, very important. In fact, you can, um, it was a cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Sure. Name the book. 1984. 1984, right? So there's lots of famous first lines in the novel. They should be able to convey a lot of information, short amount of space. And, uh, you know, if it's a Bible, if it's God's word, it shouldn't be totally wrong for the first 11 chapters. And then all of a sudden be accurate after that. Right. I think that's fairly safe to say so. He makes some good points on that uh, in this clip and the the follow-up as well. 
Paul said in Romans 1, the biggest witness that there is a creator is the creation. And the specifics about the creation that are in the Bible prove that the Bible knew ahead of time, right, exactly what the earth looks like and how it's designed and the nature of the sun, moon, and stars and all that. And so what's happened is it is like I have a whole chapter in my book, like Clay of the Seal. Chapter six is all about atheists coming to Jesus. Well, why are these atheists coming to Jesus like I've never seen before? Because once they see the evidence, and once they begin to read the Bible and say, oh, oh God, the Bible's been saying this for thousands of years about what the firm, about the firmament, about the, the stationary aspect of earth, about the flatness of earth, about what's underneath and what's above. And they figure that out and they go, Bible is true. The God of the Bible, a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he's the creator. He's the true God. I'm going to turn my life over to him because of creation. You find any atheist, especially in a university setting, and you ask them, even if they were once sympathetic Christians or, or you know, even Christians in name only, and they, they said, well, I went to college, and when I found out Genesis 1 wasn't true, you know, I, I accepted the Big Bang and all the other nonsense yeah. that NASA has given us, and, and Roman Catholic priests actually came up with the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, once, once you, once you realize that that's what's turned away many, 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 I'm talking, we're about millions of people have been turned away from believing the Bible is true and thus turned away from believing in Jesus Christ as to be their savior and Lord, their Messiah. So when you look at it that way, and I have people all the time, Chris are like, well, what does it matter? I like, oh my Lord, what does it matter? If, if we don't get Genesis one right, then why believe the rest of it? It's like having a house on a solid foundation. Right. Creation is mentioned in book after book after yeah. book. I mean, John, the gospel of John, John 1 starts out talking about the creation. Paul starts, Romans 1, he's talking about creation. I mean, it's in Proverbs, it's in Psalms. I mean, it's it's in Isaiah. It's through the whole thing. So you start throw you throw that out and say, ah, oh, that wasn't right. Then can we believe any of it? All right, so the point there, it's a valid, it's a valid, from a logical perspective, right? It's a valid position to say none of it's true, right? None of the Bible's true. It's all made up. It's all words of men, uh, passed down, changed, it's unreliable, yada, yada, yada. Sure, and I think uh, I think I think the the Earth thing, the creation account being true or not true, does lead some people away. It's a great great point. I think that uh, this was subverted long before I think college level with just evolution in general. The whole evolution thing. Oh, you know, man came from this, and so by the time the kids reach college, their mind has already been kind of polluted to the point of no return with just like, well, you know, he mentioned, you know, Catholic church saying, well, maybe, you know, God created it, but through evolution, not Catholic church as a whole, but just some priests have said. So now you're starting to think, okay, well, you know, maybe the world was created through evolution. And then you're like kind of making up, you're on your own now. You're on your own. You're in no man's land trying to figure out what in the world to do with yourself because your whole life you've been taught 
obviously uh with what you're going well, the, with that the, the earth is round but also well, just that the, the yeah you've everything changed evolved. the time scale you've yeah. changed yeah, yeah, yeah. the time scale on everything yeah. now it's hey, you change the dimensions for sure in the time scale for sure billions of years humans have been here right. billions and billions of years i'm not necessarily a flat earther but i've you know i am very open to the time scale being completely destroyed and messed up like you know is there evidence for dinosaurs possibly when humans are alive not billions of years ago i think it's possible well and but tim the starlight is coming from millions and billions yeah. of light years away so the universe must be that old yeah that's right some it's of the a, stars i'm looking at don't even exist anymore the light is just now reaching very, here it's a very circular argument you know the the universe must be old because of the starlight and it must be huge because of this the starlight yeah yes it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of it's kind of like the uh the other circular argument we always have which is the you know it, we're not sure how this ver- you know this universe was formed but what if there were multiple universes right. formed <laughs> yeah all right uh let's go ahead and he talks quite a bit about the the firmament let's go to that clip there so he, he at the beginning he's referring to uh what a pastor told them he was taught in seminary in the 1970s that they were teaching that the first 11 chapters of Genesis was a true myth. And they said the theological implications are true, but they're probably whatever man named Adam, they're probably whatever man named Noah. And so that's what's been taught in seminaries for decades. And then you have the people like Dr. Michael Heiser, which I appreciate the fact that Heiser would stand up and and teach in his seminary. You know, he, he was the founder of Logo Software. He's a big well-known theologian that just passed away recently, but he taught the Hebrew cosmology. He said that, that the Hebrew, the Bible teaches Moses, Joshua, Aaron, taught a three-tiered system that the third heaven is where the throne of God is. Yeah. The second heaven is the solid firmament of some type of crystalline glass structure. God's throne sits upon it, and it's actually called heaven. So there's three heavens, Paul said. And then he said, our atmosphere, right? The earth is flat. He said, and underneath it, it sits on its pillars, and underneath it is hell, the underworld. And he taught this in seminary and then said, had the audacity to say, well, they just wrote what they knew and what they understood, but we know better today. And so that's what's called the doctrine of of accommodation. So what you're saying, though, when you say that is you're saying that the Bible is not inspired by God, that it is not God breathed and exactly what God w- moved on men to say. And if you say so, so either you're denying the ins- the divine inspiration of scripture when you say that, or you're denying, um, you're saying God lied to them. If you say God spoke to them, but he just didn't want to tell them the, the, re- the way it really was. So you have a big choice. You either are going to believe this nonsense and, and there's no way that you put together uh, the Big Bang Theory and the biblical outline of creation. They don't go together. No, It's like trying to mix oil and water. I'm sorry. God didn't say it was that way. And look, 
if he, if God can create, I'll say it this way: if God can create the universe, if you're going to say, "I believe God created the the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars," or you know, you believe in that vast universe nonsense, and you believe God can create all that, but He can't give us a holy Bible, you know, a book, and get it right and <laughs> and and preserve it to us. He doesn't have he he can create, you know, stars and suns and moons and earth, but he can't create a book and keep it right. That's 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 about the stupidest, <laughs> you know. That's just the foolish way man thinks. But it's it's because we've been so Satan is good at, at deception. I mean, he's just good at it. He is good um, at deception. But as for, for a born again Christian, for a Christian, you're, you're one of the first foundations of your faith has to be the Bible is the truth. It is the God's truth. It is the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. Uh, you know, in, in Psalms, he said, I will preserve the, my word from this generation and forever. Um, so I believe, again, what Jesus said, and I believe God's word. And so when you get to that word firmament, what, what is it? What is it? I mean, it, I, there were pastors. This guy used to call pastors, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the videos. It was hilarious. He would call pastors and just say, you know, I've been studying the Bible and I had a question from Genesis. What is the firmament that some, one guy said it was the earth. The firmament was the earth. And he really? goes, well, the Bible says the sun and the moon are inside the firmament. <laughs> so that would mean the sun and the moon are inside the earth. And the guy, and then the pastor goes, oh no, no, it couldn't be that. Could it? You know, you're you're like, dude, if you don't know, just be honest and say, I don't know. Yeah, right. But when you look up the word, when you look up the word rakia yep. and the Hebrew word, and you look up in multiple uh, lexicons, you know, Hebrew lexicons, and you look up, I've got the, the complete works of Josephus, who is was the first century Jewish historian, was probably a Pharisee as well, the one who testified of Jesus and his miracles. And um, he says... In his, the beginning of the complete works of Josephus, he says the there's a crystalline firmament over the earth. So we know what they believe. And these are guys who spoke Hebrew and read Hebrew and knew what was passed down from their generations of their fathers. And they had the scriptures and they believed them. You see? And so we go and we find Rakia means a solid structure that has been beaten out and stretched out in a curved fashion. And and then you start looking up stuff about that covering and you find out the sky when, you know, in Job 37, when it talks about the sky being hard, firm, like a like molten glass. Yep. Um, and you see Ezekiel t- calling it the terrible crystal that is over our heads and the throne of God sits upon it. You see Isaiah 40, where he says God sits upon the circle of the earth and looks at us like we're grasshoppers. Right. And calls it like a tent. And, you know, I've never seen a tent in a, that looks like a, a, a spherical ball. I yep. never in my life. And he said, the earth is like a tent, you know, stretched out. It's got a flat bottom and it's got a covering over it. So, you know, you start digging into these words and you know exactly what they mean. And then I watch Christian creationists like Dr. Danny Faulkner and others lie and say, no, that word just means an expanse. Right. They'll say, oh, it just means an expanse. So they're they're trying to say it means outer space. But then again, everywhere you find the word used, it means to beat or pound or hammer 
something solid into a shape. To expand a solid is what it means. And so I just, I, that's why one of my chapters in my book is like, you know, the firmament, actually it's called the firmament and dishonest creations. But when you talk about the firmament, you know, it talks about there's waters above it and waters yeah. below. And then you go on in, in Genesis when the flood happened and it says it rained and the windows of heaven were opened. That's right. Uh, and the great deep was broken up. So you have three different sources of water going on there uh, to flood the whole world. I mean, it, it all, again, once you realize the truth about biblical cosmology and look at what the, what the, what the word, word's really saying and the, what the words are really defined as, it all makes sense. Like you said, even from, even from Genesis 1 to the flood of Noah, it, those things make sense. Absolutely. You know, that was a, what a lot of people tell me is like for the first time, once I realized all this and, and understood it all, the true biblical cosmology creation model it's like now the whole bible makes sense yeah it's like it all fits together now and uh you know joshua telling the sun and the moon to stand still that makes sense now that's interesting i had actually kind of come to the to the conclusion all right you know andrew's always talking about flat earth and and will and, and many of the listeners in the telegram and whatever uh, but just thinking about it, I was like, ah, the uh, Genesis account of the flood is a lot easier with just opening the windows of heaven or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's not just rain; it just opened the windows of heaven and flood the whole. Uh, it's crazy. It's weird. Weird thought. I definitely had already come through that 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 uh, doorway, I guess, uh, on my own. Yeah. Yeah, and. I mean, the like you said, the first eleven chapters of Genesis, the everything makes sense. Yeah. When you have this the biblical cosmology, now you could say, I reject the biblical cosmology. I believe in NASA. I believe there'll be moon houses by twenty forty, and that's fine. You know, put your faith in the the CGI masters over at at NASA. Uh, but you can't say, I believe the whole Bible. It's it's perfect. It's God's word. It's di- you know divine inspiration, and but but NASA's got everything right about age of the Earth and create and lack of creation and Big Bang and everything else. Well, clearly he you said can- he said a name that should ring true for all of our uh, all of our listeners, and that's Michael Heiser. And right. this was the criticism from the flat earthers on Michael Heiser was that he taught basically flat earth, but said that that was just their understanding of the world at that time. But what Michael Heiser was an, a legitimate expert in was ancient languages, not just Hebrew, you know, other ancient languages. And he, he said, no, this is what they were teaching. So the, you can't have the, argument oh uh people in the bible didn't believe in biblical cosmology right i mean it's you read psalms it's like yeah david's talking about the gates of heaven and the foundations of the earth i mean the, the, throughout the bible this is there this is their worldview you know even josephus who was uh, who did not accept and follow christ but was it a Jew? This was his worldview. This was everyone's worldview. 
So we're the unusual segment of history that doesn't believe this. This is not unique to um, Christianity or to Judaism. This is everyone in in the world recognize the general idea of, yep, it's flat with the covering over the top. And that's where the sun, moon, and stars are, is up there in that, you know, in the firmament, in the ether. So it's, we're the ones with a, a whole new version today. So it's kind of like vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> so from the people that brought you mRNA technology and moon houses, <laughs> here is no. space. But it, yeah. It wasn't in that clip, but uh, yeah, the Van Allen belt is kind of like NASA's. Yeah, get out of jail free thing. Card. Get out of like for, for the reality of the firmament. You just blame the Van Allen belt for everything. Like, no, that's oh, true. well, it, you know, it's a Van Allen belt. That's true, but even their use of the Van Allen belt is enough to. It, it's not. It's not consistent. I mean, that's. I am not a flat earther, but was telling you long ago. There's no moon landing. And they were right. saying, oh, the Van Allen belt this, the Van Allen belt that. And I'm, I'm able to, to deduce just from their inconsistency that they are full of it. Yeah. <laughs> without even so, going full flat earth on them. It's just, hey, this doesn't, not, nothing you're saying makes sense. Right. So you, you either go with, with the word of God that stood up for thousands of years. Right. And say like, well, maybe I should actually believe the first 11 chapters too. Uh, and I, I believe the ending is also important. The same thing, Book of Revelation, it never gets True. talked about. But the, you know, the mountain of God, the the new Jerusalem coming down, right onto the center of the earth, sure. makes a lot more sense. If you just break the firmament and it falls through, yeah. hmm. Interesting. well, it just gets literally lower down, right? It's not, you know. It's not like okay, time up the time up the spin. We got to <laughs> spin it at a thousand miles an hour. So it's gotta land this in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> we collected some asteroid dust and rock <laughs> from an asteroid millions of miles away, and we brought it back to our perfect landing spot in Utah. <laughs> it, another thing that does make sense, like. When you when a loved one dies, what if you're uh, a Christian? Even if you're not Christian, the most common thing that's said is, "Hey, you know, what do they say to make themselves feel better?" To to, to tell other people that it is like a little, just a what is it? A colloquialism, maybe is is the word. Is all that? What are they doing when they when they die? They go to heaven and then they they look. What are they doing? They're looking, they're looking down, down, looking down on me. Yeah. Doesn't really make sense if you're looking down at a globe, does it? Looking down on one part of the Earth, just just your part. That's it. Yeah. Not, not any, no, no other parts. No other parts. So, but it, it does, not necessarily the loved ones. But it does make sense if God is there to, to look down on the whole thing. So, and see it all at once. But if he can see through time, can he see through it being round and spinning? And there's a tilt. Don't forget about the tilt, Andrew. There is. A yeah. Tilt. Yeah, 66.6 degrees. Yeah. So, the essence, coincidence. 
Total coincidence. S&P 500. All right. Uh, time for the verse today, and then we got to get out of here. It's uh, actually a whole chapter. This is Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's past to follow our own. That the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, satisfied and because of his experience my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous or he will bear all their sins I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death he was counted among the rebels he bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels Of course, it's from one of my favorite groups, Streetlights. Streetlights, they do the audio version, New Living Translation, and they do it to uh, some music in the background. It's always a great way to ingest some of the of the, the Word of God, in, in my opinion. It works well for me, anyway. That was, of course, Isaiah 53, written 8 billion years before... Oh, sorry. <laughs> 800 uh, years before Christ, and uh, perfectly describing... Crucifixion. Indeed. Almost like there was some prophecy going on there. Something to that effect. Well, we haven't done it in, gosh, it's been like years, I think, but I think it's time. We have to bring it back. Andrew, 
do you have some words of wisdom for us this evening? It's almost Thursday. It's almost Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the firmament is real. Okay. Space is real. fake. And the economy, mostly fake. Okay. That's that's good. I, I, I feel pressured to add my own what's real and what's fake just so that Maddie B can make another hilarious, you know, three minute long <laughs> jingle where we talk about what's real and what's fake, what's good, what's not. But I'll just, uh, I'll just say, uh, the Bible. Good. Good. Maybe the only source of truth we have. Certainly the best. <laughs> I think you. I think you said it best. No matter what I learn, what what new things I learn, it's never like, man, that Bible part that was really wrong. That was really yeah. really wrong. <laughs> yeah, the Bible's always more right than I thought it was before. Yeah. Oh, that person who asked me about Christ consciousness also asked me about. Well, the the Bible is actually just written by men, and they, you know, there, you know, there was controversy on how the words got in there, and which ones did get in, and which ones didn't, and it, and it is. Just, you know, a bunch of man's writing. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So everybody can be Christ and the Bible just, you know, God can't have his own book made it through time. Okay. Just say, yeah, you're right. Enoch should probably be in there. But, uh, no, it's a different subject, but, yeah, it's, uh. People conflate uh, some of the Gnostic Gospels and stuff that's overtly and clearly totally bogus with some stuff that there's definitely, you know, like, why isn't that in the, the Bible? And it's in the Bible. It's not in the American Bible, but it's in the Ethiopian Bible, stuff like that. I think there's, uh, I don't necessarily think the American uh, canon is the end all be all, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty clear what what part uh, is true and actually part of God's word, and what parts aren't. So, well, we know who's not getting a Christmas card from David Barton this year. It must be you. <laughs> the, the idea that the Ethiopian Christians might have a a better. No, the better just Bible the, than than we just, do. Just the general <laughs> besmirchment of the American Bible, <laughs> right. the very American standard bi- hey, if, Bible. If English was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. It's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are on to esoteric subjects. We are even we're name dropping. <laughs> Long, long time callback there. That's those are yeah. some long, long callbacks. <laughs> we have been friends for many years talking about these things. It is almost midnight. We are tired. We both have to work tomorrow. We both both worked today. Some of us even attended a dramatic and emotional dentist appointment. Please pray for our kids that they're healthy, including their teeth. Pray for us, please, that we continue to be good fathers, good dads. And uh, that we're blessed monetarily in this crazy economy. And we will pray for you, dear listener. 
Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this show. If you get a chance, one way you can contribute, and if, even if you don't want to contribute monetarily, hey, go to iTunes and rate us. Give us five stars. Go to, I guess, Google Podcasts is now defunct. Go to Spotify, rate us, give us five stars. Just give us the ratings. Maybe it'll boost boost the algos. Who knows? However maybe. that stuff yeah, works. Yeah, whatever that stuff yeah. is. However it works, maybe more people will discover us. It might be helpful. It's a way you could do it. But uh, I think that first thing is probably the most important. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for kids. Pray for the families. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, every, everybody out there. We appreciate you. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say, where are